The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. You are listening to a least worst of The Doctor Is In. We have no best of. All right, let's answer your question and give you some good news. Yeah, I was afraid you were going to say that. I'm on oh. her side, and I don't know exactly what her side is. I think you're totally spot on with that. I sound inept just to help you out. It's been a rough week, thanks to your advice. Are you a regular listener to this program? As much as I can be. There's your problem. I would not ever disagree with you because you're so smart. You have a lot of answers to a lot of things. You don't want to listen to me on the radio. So what do I do? I can't give you any direction. Thank you for empowering me. I needed that. I'm losing you, buddy. I don't know what you're trying to say. Well, uh, do you know somebody who does? Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Makes me want to dance. Not a pretty sight. Look like a frog in a blender. I had a really ugly revelation a couple years ago. One of my friend's kids was getting married, and I thought, hey, I'll go out there. My wife says, don't, 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 Ray. Don't go out on the dance floor. Come on, honey, I'm not going to hurt myself. If I fall down, somebody can come out, get me up, pick me up. She said, don't. I went out there, and I'm dancing away, cool Scooby-Doo. And then I looked around me. Everybody out there was average age of 24.27. I had become the guy where when we were all young getting married, looked out on the dance floor and says, who's the, who's the old dude out there uh, uh, dancing? I mean, he's okay, but what's he doing out there? He's going to hurt himself. So I slunk, if that's the past, what's the uh, derivative of the... Uh, the verb slink, off the dance floor, over to the buffet line where I belong. Good to have you with me. The doctor is in, 877-573-7825, equal. I would love to talk to you very, very much. That's two varies. Uh, question about something in your life, somebody in your life, a circumstance in your life. Something in your head. That happens a lot. You know, you got stuff floating around in your head, and sometimes it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Call in. If you have a comment to help somebody else, get extra credit. I think that'd probably take a few days off purgatory if there was time in the afterlife. We don't know how that works. Or if you just have a generic question. Dr. Ray, I was at a party the other night, and a very loud and unpleasant argument broke out. (laughs) about pseudosiesis. You know, I have my opinion about pseudosiesis, but other people have their opinion, and it just got ugly. So you can uh, call in with generics. All right, 877-57-EQUAL. Got some folks. Just ask them to be patient. Very much. Those are good Those are good stuff up there. Those, those is good stuff up there. I'm still missing the uh, nominative case. This was so cute. This was sent to me by Jean, was her name, um, I did an opening monologue one time about the good scissors, that my mother had the good scissors, you know, up in a shrine glass case next to our blessed mother and scotch tape. And you just didn't use the good scissors. Don't cut paper with the good scissors. So this was sent to me. I believe she saw it in her local paper, this obituary. And I 
I was truly attracted to this obituary. Talked about this particular woman. Um, says, Carrie married David on August 12th, 1961. The same day the Berlin Wall went up, which is a total coincidence. Probably. <laughs> she loved a Dick's Deluxe with fries. Carrie's all, Carrie always had a coupon in her purse, a craft project to donate, and strong words for anyone who used her good scissors. Her hijinks will be missed. How precious is that? In the Seattle Times. Gene, <laughs> if you're listening, thank you for that. Are you easygoing? How do you define that word? Easygoing. Let's, uh, let's put particulars to it. When you're, for example, invited out with some friends to a restaurant, this restaurant isn't uh, anywhere in your top ten. I mean, the... the the service is slow, but the food's so bad, you don't mind waiting. Do you tell your friends, oh, that's okay, we'll pass, we'll pass, because it's not the restaurant you wanted to go to? Or if your daughter tells you, please don't, don't watch TV when, when you're watching little four-year-old Nielsen, do you say, okay? Or do you kind of bristle because... Uh, wait a minute, I mean, I can watch TV, I can monitor the content, this is not a problem, I love sitting there with him on my lap, this is nice, or do you just you kind of nod and say, okay. Your dad likes to have the front seat when he's a passenger. You don't really like the back seat at all. I mean, your front seat is, just, that's your choice. Do you negotiate? Hey, Dad, come on, I'll, I'll you, you, you take the front seat this time, or, or I'll take the front seat this time, and you can have it next time. Or, you know, Dad, I get really anxious in the back seat. Or do you say, oh, okay, no problem. That's what I mean about easy gone. On the little day-to-day negotiations that occur between people, are you easy about it? Do you just kind of say, sure, your call? Or somebody say, hey, you guys want to go out to Friday night, get something to eat? Sure. And they say, where do you want to go? I'll say, well, you, you make the call. You just you decide what's good for you. Do you do that? See, that's easy going. In little things, it's easy going. I don't know about the big things, but it's a lot easier to be easy going in the little stuff, is it not? And what does it matter really what restaurant you go to or whether whether your adult daughter doesn't want you to watch TV with her son because she just doesn't want the TV on. And you're thinking, okay, but I'm, but I'm watching him for you. you. You're going out with your husband and I'm watching him. What, what Can't we watch TV? Well, if that's what she wants, you say sure. May not be your preference, but you're leaning toward another person's preference. That's easy going. That kind of demeanor attracts people. The antithesis of easygoing is demanding. People don't like prickly demanding people. No, I don't really I don't really like that restaurant. I'll just take a rain check. What you're saying to your friend is, well, being with you, having your company isn't the important thing for me. The important thing for me is going to the restaurant I want. 
By the way, I've had friends do that. So, are you easygoing? Do you yield to other people's small preferences in the day-to-day friendships or relationships? Perhaps your wife has been looking forward to this movie. Friday is movie night in your marriage, and she wants to watch Playground Puppy. Now, your choice is the grizzly growls. Do you say, oh, I don't, I don't, come on, I don't want to watch that. Oh, I, look, you watch it, I'll just go do something else. Or do you say, okay, honey, I'll, I'll watch Playground Puppy. Make some extra popcorn. Bring something to read. Can you be easy going like that? Easy going overlaps with charitable. It really does. You yield out of charity. Giving to someone their preference on something that doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. You know your dad likes the front seat, so you don't even negotiate for it. You just quietly slip into the back. But Dr. Ray, I don't like sitting in the back. You don't have to like sitting in the back to be easygoing. Oh, I just get nervous back there. Well, is this nervousness going to kill you? Or you're just not going to be comfortable for a few miles? See, would somebody say you are easygoing? Or would they say, it's kind of got to be his way or her way? Or they don't really cooperate all that much. 877-573-7825. 877-57-LEQUAL. A lot of very great calls up there. Well, I don't know what makes a great call, but they're very thoughtful calls. Let's put it that way. I'm Dr. Ray. Hi, friends. Janet Williams here. Join me every Wednesday on Women of Grace Live as I welcome new age researcher and blogger for Women of Grace, Sue Brinkman. Sue and I will be talking about all the wacky things that could distract you from your faith. Psychics, yoga, Reiki, crystals, acupuncture, Ouija boards, tarot cards, and astral traveling are just a few of the stranger things we discuss. That's why we call it Wacky Wednesday. So join us tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plans, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. Tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to setonhome.org. That is setonhome.org. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health sharing community. 
Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. Listening to that, I like that. Like that a lot. Thanks for joining me, Dr. Ray here. Those of you waiting patiently, I make you a commitment. If you wait patiently, I will be with you. Ashley from Iowa. She heard me talking with uh, Teresa today, I think. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Dr. Ray. Yeah, I had to give you a, a good old fashioned battle boy, Dr. Ray. <laughs> You can't say at a boy. You have to say at a person. At no. <laughs> a person. Okay, at a person. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my question was um, to kind of continue on with your topic. Um, I'm new to the term of relativism. Um, and for your listeners, I looked it up. The definition is relativism is the belief that there is no absolute truth. Only the truth that a particular individual or culture believes. So basically, right or wrong becomes subjective. Well, and if there's so no God, there's no absolute truth. Sure. You have to have God. So it's like amazing how many Christians I know that are relativists. And so I didn't know how to um, kind of confront them on that without sounding like a Pharisee. Don't confront sound like a therapist try to get them to explain to you why they think the way they think for example I had a friend recently do the cliche of well I'm personally opposed to abortion but who am I to tell somebody else what they can do now at that point I I figured okay uh, let's let's get her to explain her position. I said why are you opposed to abortion for yourself? Well, I, I, it's it's a baby. Okay, it's a baby. Is it a then it's not a baby for another person? Well, I can't tell them what to do even if it's a baby. Well, that's not my body. Okay. Then if somebody wants to own a slave and the other person says, that's okay with me. Would you then say, I can't, I can't tell them what to do? In other words, you're just trying to get them to talk out loud about why they hold the position they hold. My experience has been, Ashley, that when most people utter a lot of relativistic moral cliches, they've not thought them through. They've not thought them through at all. Mm. All they're doing is just reiterating what the culture has pounded into their head without any kind of critical thinking whatsoever. And when you get them to explain it out loud, while you're doing it, they'll get stubborn. But maybe when they leave you, they'll realize, I didn't make a whole lot of sense. That's what I would do. I would just try to say, okay, tell me why you think that way. How did, how did you come to that conclusion? And typically what you'll find is that their, their conclusion is 
basically cultural cliche. I had uh, a woman one time when I was working out, and her point was that women are totally equal to men in every aspect, every aspect, including physical, and that, in fact, no woman should be upset. No, a, no woman should be at all uh, feeling like they can't be exactly equal to what a man can be equal to. So somebody there said something that was at one time never would have been considered offensive, but this woman took offense to it. And I asked her, I said, well, if, if in fact women are indeed strong and virile, why did you get upset over a word? And she looked at me like, shut up. But I don't know. I just asked the question. That's all. And then I proceeded to lift three times as much as she could lift. I like it. All right. We're just kind of approaching it with humility. Yeah. Um, do you have any good books that you recommend on, on oh. humility? And, well, uh, it, you know, I sometimes wonder how long I got to keep a person on the line before they ask about one of my books. I've been noticing it's taking longer and longer. I have two books that might help you. One is called okay. Thinking Like Jesus, The Psychology of a Faithful Disciple. And the other one is called Jesus, the Master Psychologist. Listen to him. Uh, both of them are signed and on my website. Perfect. Thank you, Dr. Ray. All I'll right, let you go. Ashley. Thank you so much for your time and what, everything that you do. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All righty. What else we got here? Josephine. Josephine from Ohio. This is a this is a long, long, long standing um, situation for poor Josephine. Hi, Josephine. Uh, yes. Hi. You had a son um, who passed away long ago at nine months. Yes. How long ago? Um. Actually, I'm 61 right now. Uh, he would be 36. It's it's been um, quite some time. Um, just to give a little background so you understand uh, my question better. Um, I was raised uh, Catholic. Um, I had ADHD. You know, harsh judgment and abandonment issues um you know now i'm 61 i've been going to a therapist for many years and uh here recently every week for over three years now um i i do god's work every day earning my crowns with a godlike spirit um my difficulties well now I, I have been diagnosed with um, borderline personality disorder, um, and I struggle uh, with self-image and abandonment issues still to this day. But Josephine, I'm going to cut you off. Josephine, I'm going to cut you off because you are seeing a therapist. And my rule is, and I think this is a rule of ethics, I cannot comment or give you any thoughts because your therapist is the person that you need to go through for all this. 
and I'm sure you have, and you might be wanting to hear a little bit of another perspective, but because you're seeing somebody and that person knows you way, 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 way more than I do, um, that's where you should go with this, my dear. So I, I, I can't give you any thoughts, but I, I do appreciate your call, uh, and you, you run this by your therapist. Thank you, Josephine. Julie, Julie is a pa. I don't know. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. Julie's calling from Pennsylvania, PA. Hi, Julie. Hi, Dr. Ray. How are you? All right. Look, I, you know, I don't, I don't ask this and I probably, I I probably can't, but, but if my suggestion saves you any money, I think I should at least get like 10% of that. (laughs) Yes, you should. I think, so, and so I my, think you need so, to keep track. <laughs> so so my question is, I called in a few months ago um, to talk to you, but I got the tail end of your uh, show, so I didn't really get that much insight. Uh, my question to you is, uh, me and my husband started off our marriage living with my mother-in-law, and it was sort of multifaceted. It was, she lost her husband in 2020, and she can't afford to live where she currently is living by herself. And as well, we both have, you know, school loans and stuff like that. So it was a matter of to be able to get past our school loans. We're looking to move out um, of, of where we're currently living. Um, but there's definitely issues in the sense that um, my husband's an only child and his dad left years ago and has always had to pick up the pieces financially for his mom because his mom just constantly spends, spends, spends. And he's always had to like help keep a roof over her head and everything. Um, so I feel overwhelmed at, in the case that um, we're going to have to forever have to financially support her. And I don't know what we should do in this situation where she might be coming into money because of the way that her husband passed away and my husband has brought up to me that she'll most likely go through that money since she has money issues and that she'll be at our doorstep you know basically like oh I need some place to live and to me that overwhelms me because I don't know what to do in that situation me and my husband are both the type of people that were compassionate of course we're not going to be like no well there's the pavement you know but what do we do in that situation to strengthen our marriage so we don't have to financially support her for a lifetime because she just has no control of her money habits. Julie, you don't want to do this, but does your husband want to do it? He doesn't either, but at the same time, we're both not the type of people to be like, well, there's the, like, we're like, okay, well, we would have to temporarily take her in but say, here, you have to find something and move out. Like, and it's just, we don't know what to do in this circumstance that even if she comes into a bunch of money she's what if you told her beforehand what if you told her beforehand he, well her, i've gotten into fights i've gotten in fights um uh, your husband's got to talk to her not you you got to stay out of it my husband has to talk to her yeah yeah she'll take it from her son better than her daughter-in-law Okay. Yeah, because I thought in the sense that it would probably sting more hearing it from me, from basically like a stranger versus... No, 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 because she'll look at you like, look, if it weren't for you, my son would help me out a lot more. Oh, that's how I definitely think it is. So, 
he tell your husband up. that he's got to deal with it and he's got to anticipate. What if he told her, Mom, I got I to gotta tell you, you're going to come into some money, so you better put this money aside because if you spend through it, we can't take you in. I mean, if that's yeah, what he exactly. wants to do, then he's got to tell her that. Yeah, because that's what we've sat down with her and said that, like, we have a feeling you're going to go through this. And it's always the same story that he's been hearing for, I guess, two decades since his dad left, you know, like all these things that, oh, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And it Julie, is you're, you're, asking I, me th- you're asking me this question, which is a question I can't answer, which is, how do we make my, okay, stay there. The music also said I can't answer the question. Stay right there, Julie, because on the other side of the break, we will d- address it. This is Dr. Ray, 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call. Love to hear from you. Bottom of the program, this is when the second wave comes in. Father Benedict Rochelle. I'm going to tell you about the most abused woman I ever met in my life. You know her name as Roe, as in Roe versus Wade. I talked to Roe. This woman is a great penitent. This woman is a humble person who was deeply hurt. She was kneeling in the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception, the National Shrine in Washington, when I met her. And I thought, What reverence. I didn't know who this woman was, but she was praying with reverence, with great fervor. And I asked a priest friend of mine, who is that? And he says, oh, that's Roe. God is not mocked. This woman was abused by those who propagate the killing of children. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Miracles are miracles because they're different than regular daily life. A miracle is a reminder that something beyond nature can act within nature. Miracles are meant to open our eyes that more is always going on than just the normal humdrum of the daily life. Miracles are supposed to make us realize that our moral choices are impacting an invisible world that once in a while breaks through into our workaday world. The Blessed Mother predicted the miracle of the Son, and she made it clear that she was using it as proof of the truth of her message. In other words, when the sun stops dancing and you get back to church, to work, to home, remember what's at stake when you pray the rosary. Cresta in the afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Ray. You are listening to a least worst of the doctor is in. We have no best of, but this is truly one of our least worst. Good to have you with me, Dr. Ray Garandi program. Doctor is in. Made a little technical adjustment here to get the thing sounding a little better. Talking to Julie from Pennsylvania. Uh, for approximately 20 years, she and her husband have financially 
I don't want to say supported, but but it sounds like at least semi-supported his mother, which on one hand would be a charitable thing to do, except according to Julie, she is very much, um, I don't know if I'd use the word extravagant, but let's just say irresponsible with money. And she spends it and uh, does not look to do the things that she needs to do to live, like make payments and things. Julia, there? Yes. Okay. But not 20 years, Dr. Ray, we haven't, his, he has. We just got married. It will be a year this coming May oh. that I moved into this house. Oh. Chris, yeah, so, for, so Chris actually um, has lived you know, at one point moved over to his father's for 10 years because of this type of stuff. Oh, and then, okay. Now you got a then, wholly different dynamic, Julie. Yeah. You are, so you are the evil daughter-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, okie dokie. I thought this was something where you had both been doing this for 20 years. So that no, makes no, my no. suggestion that you uh, even stay out of it stronger. Because I would think that if your husband changes anything now, you're going to be blamed for it. You're the only difference. You came into his life, and all of a sudden now he doesn't want to take care of his mother. Okie dokie. Well, he, he better do his best to make her understand that that's not it. She won't believe it. She won't believe it. But at least he can try. Um, expect, I suspect, some blowback because you will have been the one who who did this. But here's the question, Julie, and I think this is a question your husband has to ask himself. Am I helping my mother, or am I hurting my mother? That's the question that needs answered. Yeah. Because... Which I think it is hurting, which he does realize, because, I mean, even before I came into his life, there were times where, when he was li- living with her previously... Um, that, you know, she was always hitting him up for money because she went through her money and he would have to, you know, get her a place to stay at or whatever. And then he got to the point where I'm not doing that anymore. And he tried to give her tough love and she had to, for a few months, live out of her car. And that's why Chris looks at it as there's not going to be any changing in my mother. Even with her having to live out of her car, she's not going to change, that she probably will end up continually being this way. And she will at some point end up at our doorstep saying, I need a place to live, even when we've been trying to get out on our own and even tell Julie, her to put money aside. You're not going to change her. So if your husband decides to change you, he better brace himself for those kinds of reactions. You've had a long, from, long from history me? of her. No, yeah. you've had a long history of her essentially not being responsible and going to her son and saying, I need more money. And he, as a dutiful son, has given her more money. But now he's realizing, I have a wife to take care of. I'm getting broke taking care of my mom. And there is no limit to her demands. So maybe he can give her all kinds of numbers to call if she would find herself in that position. Say, Mom, here are the basic social services that can help you. Here is shelter. Here is food. Here is the kinds of programs you can get through the government but i i feel i must warn you that if you go through the money that dad leaves you 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 i will not be able to sustain you 
Now, he has to decide to do that, but I'm, I'm really wondering, Julie, if he can. Now, I don't know. I don't know your husband. I don't have any idea. But I'm wondering if he can. If he's done this for 20 years, he's probably feeling the pressure of his wife, which is, well, I don't think it's a good idea, but I would have done it. But now I got a wife, and so that changes the picture. Yeah. That'd be my I guess. I think it definitely puts him in a hard situation because yep. of everything falling on right. him. So there you go. To really, He's got to decide sort of, how he wants to handle it, and he's got to decide if, in fact, he's helping his mother or hurting her. Now, our Lord said to take care of people, but I don't, I don't see anywhere where our Lord's teaching through his church says you got to take care of people who constantly take advantage of you. That, that is, well, that's, that's how not, I look at it. That's not Christian charity. Mm-hmm. So he has to decide. Julie, thank you. Thank you for the call, my dear. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Well, it looks like we got another parallel here. We have an anonymous call from Maryland. Uh, again, this may not be financial, but this is family members who, well, seem to be pushing on our caller. Hi, caller. Hi. I have a sister. had this sister for 45 years, and... I feel like I'm constantly like older sister looking out for her, but no matter what I say or do, she consistently does what she chooses to do. And it always ends up being the wrong choice. And it brings, it always comes back to me and my mom as chaos and drama based on my sister's choices. So her life She's been homeless since November because she wasn't paying her rent and found herself with a child with, and she's expecting. And so she's been living in friends' couches as a pregnant woman at 45 years old. And now she, it's hitting her because the baby will be here in about a couple of weeks, maybe, that she needs a home. And she packs up everything from a storage, drives literally down the coast and decides, you know, I'm going to live in this part of the country because that's where you are. And now I, you know, she doesn't have anywhere to go. Um, And now the, the issue is she brings along the baby's father who's very dysfunctional, doesn't work, is, doesn't do anything and brings him along. And, um, yeah, so it's just chaos, drama, and I just, I want to know, and I think you just talked to the previous caller, Julie, and said, like, and I was listening to what you were telling her about, you know, what what we're called to do is, you know, do what we can, here's the information, and now you have to help yourself in a way. So I'm Are just you living with your mom? No, no. I, I live with my husband. I, we have a, we, we moved away from all this chaos and drama, you know, to be calm and peaceful, you know, and do our own life. And they, she constantly like, it's like, a, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And I'm, and it, but it's always after the fact, after she, everything she, is chaos and drama. Stay right there, if you will. And uh, we'll give you some thoughts on the other side. This is Dr. Ray, 877-573-7825. 877-57-EQUAL. I'd love to hear from you. Keeping in mind, you call anytime during the program. You have 
pretty close to an equal chance of getting on. So even if you call late, still got a chance. The following is a medical moment. Hi, I'm Bobby Schindler, brother of Terry Schiavo. An advanced care planning document, or ACP, is one kind of advanced directive, providing a written statement of a person's desired medical treatments in the future. A recent study titled, What's Wrong with Advanced Care Planning, concluded that there is a gap between hypothetical scenarios and real-world decision-making. Another study found that 80% of emergency room physicians misinterpreted an ACP as a do-not-resuscitate order. Another issue is that any disagreement between medical professionals and the patient's healthcare agent regarding specific ACP language may undermine the patient's ultimate wishes. Your best bet is never to sign an advanced care planning document, such as a pulse form when admitted to a hospital. And make sure your healthcare durable power of attorney has a provision which invalidates any previously signed ACP. This medical moment brought to you by MyLifeAngels.com. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. We are in an age where the culture is taking over so strongly, and we need to be effective communicators. One-on-one, online, in interviews, phone conversations. Doesn't mean that every person is going to have a degree, that every person is going to know how to do a podcast, but we need to first form ourselves in prayer and know the faith and then at least know something if we're going to be evangelizing and out there on whatever platform on a regular basis. But are we making sure that we are doing it to the best of our ability, prayerfully, but also in a way to communicate effectively? How do we get that message across? How are we approaching people? Are we being kind? Are we giving them accurate information? Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. That has a resemblance to the song from The Nutty Professor, I think. Dr. Ray talking to a, well, a daughter who has a sister who has led a very fragmented type of life. She is now pregnant with a baby. Are you there, caller? I'm here. Yes, I am. Uh, The easiest Um, suggestion I would have for you, quit giving her advice. You say everything you said, she more or less does the opposite. So why say anything? If she says, what do you think I should do? I'd probably say something like, ah, it's up to you. Well, I want to hear what you have to say. Mm, That's okay. I think you can make the decision. Because all that does is it puts you in a position to be blamed. Yeah. Have you been blamed? I, I think in the past she says, oh, I should have listened to what you said. Um, but at the same, it's not like I've been blamed. It's more like you've been ignored. 
ignored. Yeah. But I, she constantly comes to me to ask me, is it, am I doing the right thing? I'm like, no. <laughs> the only thing I do agree with was that she decided to not abort this baby because a lot of friends and people were pressure, including the boyfriend were pressuring her. And that was the only thing I did say was I, I would not do that. Couple of things. She's not going to come to live with you and your husband, is she? We actually told her if she needed a temporary place, you know, until she got on her feet, we would help her. With because, the, with the know, guy? You, with this guy? No, minus the guy. Okay. Minus the guy. Will she do that? I don't think so. I think she likes the drama and chaos right. of the, that relationship. So really what you're asking is this. Is. You're asking this. What are my limits as a Christian? Yeah. Well, I'm not a theologian. I'm not a priest. But I think most of them would agree, understanding the church's teaching, when you have a relative who is just intent on living a very fragmented, self-defeating life, and your guidance and advice over years and years and years and years has done nothing. At some point, you extricate. That doesn't mean you shun your sister. It just means you don't. No more advice, no more financial support. And regarding the baby, you have to make a tough decision here because I think she's going to possibly be really responsible with this baby, too. Mm-hmm. And so now you've got a life that's innocent and vulnerable. And what can you do about that? I don't know. Um, I think she'll probably avoid you because she won't want to hear what you're advising my guess would be she's going to go toward your mom she figures your mom is a lot more easy with the drama than you are you you kind of had enough but mom is looking at it this is my daughter you know i gotta try to save her somehow and even though she's 40 years old or whatever it is and yeah 45 45 so your mom is still trying to fix her, and um, mm-hmm. I think your mom will just continue to do that. And there's not a whole lot you're going to do about it, my dear. I, it, it, we have such a hard time as Christians basically saying, I'm done. I, have, I can't yeah. do anything more. I am limited. I am, I am stopped. There is no more I can do to make this situation better. Our Lord couldn't yeah. get most people to follow him. Yeah, it's so interesting because the more I tell her, go to, you know, go to the church, go to confession, go back, you know, get the sacraments, help, you know, get the only one who can carry this right now is Jesus and you. Did you hear what and you just said? That I can. That the more can I tell her, the more I tell mm-hmm. her. Yeah. That, that stems from a belief that somehow if I say it 137 times, it's finally going to sink in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at some point you say, I, I've, I've learned my lesson here. She's going to do what she wants to do. And I'm either going to be ignored or she'll do the exact opposite. She doesn't want to hear it. You're feeling a responsibility for your sister 
that would be nice if you could do anything about it, but you can't. And that's just, that is, I'm finding that so much, that's so much common to Christians nowadays. We just, we just feel like we're supposed to fix it. My shift is actually now, I, I told my mom today, I said, I think I'm more worried about the baby at this point because I know it's going to be, he is, he will be in a really bad situation. And now that's like what's pulling my heartstrings. Well, a lot of it's now. going to be what you know about the situation. You may not be able to know anything about it. She may not tell you. And what she does tell you is going to sound glowing and roses. Yeah. That's the problem. You're not there, so you can't know. Unless she completely melts down and realizes, I can't take care of a baby. It's driving me crazy. Then you can perhaps guide her through potentially an adoption process or something along yeah. those lines. But until then, you're you're stuck with what she tells you. That's another. I'm, I'm, you yeah, know what, honey, I'm a... going to have to run. I got, I got full lines, but... Uh, if those are just the thoughts I can give you on this, because, again, the bottom line is we can't drag people kicking and screaming into good living if they resist us. That, that's really what it comes down to. And I don't know how much more emotional energy it's going to it's going to take from you, you know, and, and here's the yeah. thing. If it starts to affect your peace. And your ability to be a good mother and a good wife, then yeah. you got to really reassess this. Thank you. Okay, dear. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, Doctor Ray. Thank All right, you. I'll talk to you, honey. Uh, Janet has just adopted a 16 year old. Janet, how are you? New Jersey. Yes. Oh, fine. Thank you. How are you, Doctor? How did you happen to adopt a 16 year old? Uh, well, I was working at a. Um, adoption agency and just working as a secretary and I was just inspired by all the parents that it was a, a agency that specialized in um, older children and uh, my husband and I have uh, still a lot of energy left and um, our children are out of the house uh, we started young having a family and so we were all in and so we have this wonderful 16 year old boy here and who's been quite cooperative and um, very pleasant, especially for a, a boy, um, 16 years old. But I find I'm, I'm just I don't I get struggle with um, how to instill some sense of morality. I mean, he's quite self-centered. Um, you, you know, it's it just water off a duck. Any teaching on caring about other people, etc. And um, I mean, we take him to church with us every week. Um, I have no instruction, like formal instruction going on. He says he's a Baptist, which means, you know, really nothing to him. He knows he believes in Jesus, but nothing really required of him. Probably your best so, move is to find some things that together you can read about the faith and, read. Why, and why it makes sense. There's a ton of great books out there that explain the faith logically, that defend the faith logically, to explain the morality of the faith recognize janet that that he he's had nothing so for you yeah, to he's say he's been raised like well nothing right, spending for himself right. exactly so so given that all you can do is expose him to it 
You can't that, find yeah, you can't find that. some magic um, that's going to make him accept it. You can expose no, him I, to I, it. No, I I get that today. I get that. And uh, but um, like and next week is Holy Week, and you know my husband and I go to Holy Thursday, Good Friday. What he goes? Can I take him? He's, to he sure, he, he goes. He's in your family. He goes. You're our son. We would right. have this to our son whether he's our son at age 16 or whether he was our son at birth. This is how we live as a family. I don't expect you to necessarily understand it. I can explain it to you. We're going to explain it. We're going to read about it, you and I. I would start him, you and and he, on um, on a journey to understand and explain the faith, and here's why you believe it. Start it out with just the existence of God. Go to Father Spitzer's website where he has a lot of programs for kids his age, who need to be exposed to the great scientific evidence for Christ, which is critical. Right. So that's yeah. That's he a, just seems to have no interest in it. It's like he says well, he just declares on the baptism. Well, that's your thing. He doesn't have My to have an interest. Mom, he doesn't have to have an interest. You're going to say right. this is this is our home, and right. we're together gonna we're gonna do this. You're you're right. basically saying try to make. How can I make him interested? I don't know if you can make him interested. You can expose no. him to it. That's what you can do. That's what I would do. I got to run. I'm way past break. This is Dr. Ray. This program is brought to you in part by MyLifeAngels.com. MyLifeAngels provides peace of mind by notifying you the moment a loved one enters an emergency room. Right on your smartphone, you'll have instant access to everything needed, including all legal documents to ensure you are empowered to protect their life-affirming wishes. My Life Angels also alerts hospital ER staff with critical medical information and emergency contacts. More information at MyLifeAngels.com. What if you moved more? Could this change the course of disease? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Dr. James Hicks of the University of California says that exercise not only helps prevent disease, but it can actually alter disease trajectories. If you are able to move in some way, you can move more. Even seated, just move your arms and legs more. That's adding cardio to your life. If you add lifting a few weights or using bands, this can help. I said help prevent major diseases. Don't forget counting gardening, walking a big box store, bike riding, and even dancing. We are encouraged to add 7,500 steps a day to our life. One day last month, I fertilized the lawn, weeded the garden while listening to great Catholic content, and walked the dogs twice. I got almost 10,000 steps in before 3 p.m. If I can do it, so can you. For more, look for our Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Yikes, you're putting me to sleep with that one, Andrew. I don't know where you got that one. Yow. Sounds like a little kid doing a piano solo. 
Susan from Michigan has a niece that is very ill with Lyme disease, and insurance doesn't uh, cover the traditional meds. Hi, Susan. Hello. Why why don't they cover the meds for it? It is um, from what my niece has gathered and and regular medicine. Um, the CDC is really not recognizing it as um, something that can be. I, I don't know. Conventional medicine just doesn't do anything. She is on Medicaid. Um, she had to go on Medicaid because she had to leave her job um, because of the de- you know the debilitatingness of this disease. It's affected every part of her body. Oh, yeah. Uh, chronic Lyme's can really can really take a toll. You know, the only uh, protocol is antibiotics with regular medicine. Long-term. Long yeah, long-term. Yeah. She has no idea when she was infected. It's probably been years. And the only people who are treating her are unconventional medicine, and it's all out of pocket. Does she, she, I assume, can't afford that? She cannot afford it. Nobody can afford it. How much is it? It's thousands of dollars. It's wow. affecting her uh, nervous system. It's affecting her legs. It's affecting her teeth. Um, does, she have a fa- does she have family? All right. She's an only child. She's got a mother and a stepfather and then no siblings. Uh, she has a boyfriend. Um, he currently helps her by taking her to appointments and whatnot. They're both 32. Um, they just worked, you know, regular jobs. So there's no savings, no, there's no money from their side. So the brunt of it is being laid at her mother's feet. And mom is saying, I can't do it. They're doing the best they can. But when you're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars, I mean, this kid is just, wondering where's this money going to come from, and her anxiety is through the roof. And with anxiety comes a plethora of problems for her. Um, But the question is, I think my niece and her boyfriend are expecting my sister to, if it comes down to possibly selling the home, they have a camper, should I sell my camper? I mean, my question is, you know, what what are we called to do, and when... Is your child stop being your child? Or your niece stop being your niece that you can't help? I mean, we're trying to help all the best we can, but we're all at the ages of, we're all nearing retirement. Well, and you've just answered your question. I know, but you're We're trying to help the best we can. Now, I would have her pursue maybe maybe a, uh, not GoFundMe because they, they don't like cons- conservative people as i understand it but there is a give send go i think is the new one run by a couple of christians she could try that hmm. uh give send go um also uh, see what she can get in the way of uh underwriting for some of these treatments from the pharmaceutical companies a lot of them a lot of them will do that they have programs that if you are not of means they can help you with this. There, there's ways she can probably chase down support or some kind of break on the price that uh, rather than just simply saying, okay, this is how much it costs, what do I do? Um, she's going to have to begin a very good search for all the ways that she can find things to help her do this. And you say, here's what we can do. You know, we can give 200 a month or what, whatever it might be. 
and you can say this is what this is what we can offer. Thank you so much for joining me. Those of you who didn't get through, please call back. You will be first up. I'm Dr. Ray. Keep walking with God. If you're not there, start it. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.